calamity. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And Robin's son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing episode number four. I am Peter Wilkinson. How are you all tonight? And I'm joined tonight by Braden. How are you going, mate? I'm good. I'm good. First week of holidays, so that's always nice. Just uh, mm. getting back to the, having some racing time. You know what? I was being polite and asking you. I don't really care because we've got Chris Burnell on. How are you going, mate? I'm good, thanks, guys, and yourselves. Oh, I'm excellent. Sorry, Braden. I just had to. Um, yeah, I'm so excited about this. How are you, Chris, mate? What's been happening? <laughs> oh, not a lot, to be honest with you. Um, just a bit of racing, getting the team sort of organised for Nurburg 24 in two weeks. Yeah, just, just cruising times. along at the moment. Yeah. Now, we're not going to talk about Ansgar Cup tonight, okay? We're just going to forget that even happened and we're going to move on, okay? We're not going to... Yeah, it, um, it wasn't my finest week of racing, that's for sure. <laughs> no, we'll get to that later, though. I, I did watch and I'm like, oh, no, the week, the week we get him on and, oh, no, anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, so... Look, we're going to get straight into the interview as we did with Ira last week because uh, we really, really, really want to spend a fair chunk of time with Chris here tonight. Uh, we will talk about what we've been up to and the results later on. Um, but let's get straight into it, Chris. Now, I know you because you taught me how to drive a little bit better than I used to drive. Um, yep. Braden knows you because you owe him a lesson. But <laughs> how, how, do, how do our listeners, what, how do they need to know you? What have you been doing, mate? What's, what, do you, what is Chris Purnell in an elevator pitch? Uh, so I started iRacing back in 2014. Uh, so I've been around a while now, actually. So uh, it be seven years, I think. Six years. Six years. Wow. Yeah. So I've been around a while. Um, grew up in Western Australia. Uh, yeah. So lived Another over there. One. Yeah. All the WA boys are quick, man. So there's a few of them around. <laughs> so um, yeah. And then... Um, did some karting and some other stuff over there. Um, and then I decided to move to the other side of the country and get away from Perth. I was a little bit bored over there. I uh, had an opportunity to do some racing with the guy that um, started Aussie Driver Search before it was Aussie Driver Search. So I raced his Pulsar at the Wakefield 300, a few bits and pieces like that. Uh, lived in Albury-Wodonga for a year. And then realised that it rained way too much down there, so I moved to sunny estates to get yeah. back to where the climate was closer to home. Yeah, so we can say you, you grew some smarts and moved <laughs> elsewhere. It's well done. It's a very beautiful yeah. place up here, I must admit. I mean, it, I'm enjoying it up in a sunny, sunny part of the world. Um, so you've given us a cool. That, that's what you're about. Yep. Where... With 2014 was when you started with iRacing. What got you into iRacing back then? Uh, so it was actually the most random thing ever. So I was doing some research on something else and it was yeah. like a Google ad popped up for it. And I was like, what is this? And uh, yeah, clicked on it, checked out a few videos. Then I sort of went down a rabbit hole on YouTube for about three days with it, when it, and that was it. I was hooked. I was like, this looks amazing. So went to JB the next day, bought myself a Logitech G29, 20, no, nah, maybe 27, 27 actually. At that yeah, 27, yes. yeah. So, um, yeah, and just jumped in both feet first and just got hooked straight away. Now, I assume you were just winning stuff from the start, were you? 
No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was horrific to begin with, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I thought my... Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be good, and it uh, it quickly proved that I was not as good as I thought I was. And uh, yeah, I was shown the uh, the back of the grid for a while there. So, but yeah, it's um, I got lucky, got picked up by a group of guys um, that started a team called Oversteer Engineering Group, um, and I worked with them for uh, would have been about eighteen months, and I learned a heap off of them guys. Uh, yeah, everything you could possibly think of in such a short period of time. Um, and, yeah, within about three to four months, I'd sort of picked up my pace to where I was competitive um, and then went from there, man. Just, yeah. Nice. So we quickly touched on your real-world experience. Let's delve, delve a little deeper into that side of things. So what have you raced? Uh, so I did some bitumen go-karts in WA. Um, spent a lot of time watching the very fast Daniel Ricardo fly around the track. <laughs> um, and then I had a friend that his brother was racing dirt carts and we got invited out to the wheat belt, which is like out in the middle of nowhere, man. Like it was like a four hour drive out to nowhere. And I was like, what is, is there going many on? places that aren't in the middle of nowhere in WA? Uh, <laughs> not really, if I'm being honest, but yeah. So, but this was like, really in the middle of nowhere like it was like a four-hour drive and there was nothing out there and then you just rock up over a hill and there's this dirt cart track out there um so yeah so i spent probably about a year out there like regularly most weekends um just developing and learning different stuff meeting different people uh got hooked on the whole dirt thing um spent a lot of time at quinana motorplex at the speedway track just watching learning talking to guys um, and then sort of stepped away from it for a little bit. This was when I was quite young. I uh, went and did some music stuff and then came back to it because I just missed that competitive edge side of things. You went to music stuff. I'm going to need to delve deeper into this. I know it's a racing <laughs> podcast. What, what were you doing in the music world? Uh, so I played drums in three oh, or four drummer. metal bands and, yeah, did a bit of touring. Um, yeah, got... I enjoyed it. Something different, you know what I mean? Um, yep. But yeah, it just, it scratched an itch for a while, but obviously the racing thing's been around since I was like six, so it was always yep. something that I missed probably more than anything else. But you know what you like when you're 18? You yep. like, you want to you wanna go and explore and have fun and do different things. So, but yeah, so that's what I did for a while. But yeah, the racing was always what I wanted to come back to, that's for sure. Okay, can we find Chris Purnell on YouTube singing songs or playing drums? Uh, there probably is something somewhere. I wouldn't okay. know if they've been removed or not, um, but there would be some stuff, okay. I'm sure. I'm going to search later. Cool, nice, excellent. <laughs> if Chris doesn't get to it before you. Uh, uh, I, might have to, I might have to go and remove some videos off YouTube. Yeah. I'll be back in a minute. So, <laughs> uh, so let's get, look, I, I obviously met you through Virtual Motorsport Mentor, which is your driver training uh, business. Uh, yes. Where, like, where did, when did you start that? Give us a history of Virtual Motorsport Mentor. Okay, so I started VMM in 2019. Um, it was it was a bit of a weird sort of how it all came about. So I really enjoyed racing and being competitive and winning races. Um, but I started to notice that 
like new guys that were coming in the team, I was taking a little bit more time to actually help them than actually focusing on my own stuff. So, and then my mum's very uh, entrepreneurial business orientated and she's like, you should turn it into something. And like, I'd never really thought about it or never even really intended to do anything like that. And it just sort of snowballed quite quickly from there. So that was how it all sort of started, to be honest with you. Um, There was a huge learning curve with lots of different things, building websites and social media stuff. I'd never really been one for (laughs) social media or anything like that. So it was a lot to take in all at once. Um, But yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And I've met a lot of great people along the way because of it. Yep, cool. So... I guess what what did you wish you knew before you started? I think I guess everything by the sounds of that. Uh, I would have liked to learn a lot more about the technology side of it, like especially like the websites. Um, so, VMM's built on a WordPress site, and there was a lot of uh, we'll call hiccups along the way. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's been good. Like it was, um, yeah, me and Mum spent a lot of time working on it, and it it got tense a couple of times, and there was some sleepless nights put it that way trying to get it all right and doing things and they not look right and stuff but we we got there in the end and i think the final products come out pretty good so definitely like i said i spent i've spent many an hour with you and it definitely made a difference to my racing i can keep up with Braden now which is something i never could do in the past so um i don't want you to have that lesson Braden. please don't have that lesson. <laughs> yeah. I don't need you to do that. Uh, no, definitely. Uh, go. To, so where can people find it? I won't plug it for you. Where can people find Virtual Motorsport Mentor if they want to get as good as Braden here? Uh, <laughs> so we are on Facebook at Virtual Motorsport Mentor, Instagram. Uh, we got a YouTube. And then the website is virtualmotorsportmentor.com. Now, I hear you've got a special deal for our listeners as well. I do. Uh, so if you are interested in any private one-on-one coaching sessions uh when you go through the checkout process it'll ask you for a coupon code down the bottom when you type in your um your payment details uh if you type in locked on in all capitals you will receive 20 percent off of your coaching that is an absolute bargain do that people i'll have that in the show notes if you forget but it's easy locked on capitals put it in get discount easy as so now we've paid for the show. No, we haven't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are not getting anything from this. This is just purely just go and do it. If you, especially if you want to just find those few extra tents or just be a little bit more. I think I came to you and my, my problem was I was spinning too much and that's because I was a bad driver, but also because I was going in too hot. Um, it was just stuff like that. Trying to get me more consistent. Uh, find those few extra tents. If, you, if you're in that position, definitely go check it out. Judging by the last couple of weeks, Peter, it might be yeah, worth yeah, um, booking in another again. lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so we had our, our guest on last week, which was the lovely Ira, and he left us with a couple of questions that we wanted to ask you because he was very excited to hear what you had to say about these. But the first one is, what's one tip you would give to any driver if, if you only got to give them one tip straight away? Uh, self-evaluation is a very powerful key. Um, to learning and growing as a driver. Um, definitely not just from yourself, but other drivers as well. So so what I tend to do if, if I go to a track or a car and track combo that I'm not very familiar with, um, I will put some laps in and then I'll get out of the car and watch the car laps from different camera angles to get a perspective on how much track I'm using, um, where I can find more time if I'm pinching any brakes, that sort of stuff. And then 
on the other side of it as well is if you see somebody in the session that's quicker than you, I know that it's not, you, the replay doesn't show you everything as accurately as it you want it to be. You know, like sometimes it hits sounds like they're changing gears when they're not and that yeah. sort of stuff. But just being able to visually see what the driver's doing, um, that will improve you as well, definitely, just by yeah paying attention to what people are sort of doing on the circuit. Yep, definitely. Um, very, very good advice. So he wants to also know, this is lovely, Ira wants to know, what's the most common mistake you see in drivers? Uh, there's there's probably two, to be honest with you. And it's, the first one is definitely not taking advantage of track limits. Um, a lot of guys yep. will not use the full circuit, whether it's entry into the corner or using all the apex in the mid corner or carrying the speed out of the corner and using as much of the circuit as possible so that's probably the biggest one that i see where people can just extend their lines and carry more speed through the mid corner of the the circuit um or the, the carry speed through the mid corner of the corners um the other one is definitely driving too aggressively into the corner and then washing too much speed off to try and make the turn if they were to just back it off a little bit earlier flow the car more through the corner it's you're going to carry more speed on the exit which we've been through personally um and then also it helps with fuel management tire management those sort of things as well there you go nathan verney listen very carefully to that one right there <laughs> um no, definitely. That was my biggest thing because I went into the lesson with you and I was not able to overtake a single person because I wasn't coming out fast enough. And then as soon as I you showed me that, all of a sudden the next week, I think I was overtaking three or four or five cars every race because momentum coming out was faster than the person in front of me, which meant I could get the, the slipstream and then beat them into the next corner, which yeah makes a huge difference. Huge difference. So... This is just one part of you, virtual motorsport mentor, um, massive part of your life, obviously, for the last couple of years. Now we've got Crank Esports, or like we want to call it Cranky Sports. Cranky um, Sports, because we're all, there's a few old and cranky <laughs> guys in the team, definitely. Yep, we can go with that. <laughs> so how did we start with Crank Esports? What happened there? Okay, so actually, if we go back even further than Crank Esports, so I used to run Illusion Motorsports back in 2018. Um, so that's where it all started. So, and it was to begin with, it was all about finding a group of guys to race with that I enjoyed racing with. And then quickly we noticed that it was progressing into something more. We were competitive in lots of different series that we were competing in and we were sort of building a bit of a name for ourselves. So that's, that's where the whole team thing started. Um, I jumped around from the first team I've been in, I've been in a few other teams after that. And I just, I, I learned lots from lots of different drivers throughout the time, but I never completely felt comfortable. Like I always felt like there was something missing. You know what I mean? So yep. I, um, I wanted to try and build a, a community around personality more than driver traits, which not saying that that's what every team does or doesn't do, um, but yeah, I just I felt like you you te you seem to go faster as a driver when you're in a happier environment and when there's not as much um, pressure and performance based stuff based around it. So it was more about building a community of guys that were 
enjoying their racing and then naturally they would go faster from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I won't say that Locked On's doing any 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 good at all, but we are doing we are enjoying it anyway, and I think that's helping us improve as we go along very slowly. But um, so look, Crank Esports is doing amazing stuff at the moment. Since you started, what only a couple months ago was it started uh, this year? Yeah, I think it was sort of so with with Crank. It's it's co-run, so I. I'm sort of like the face of the team, I guess you could say. Uh, but there's Brett Douglas, who is an absolute gem, man. I've known Brett for five years. We've been in and out of teams together, spent a lot of time together. He's he's one of my best mates, you know. So we get on really well. Um, and he takes care of a lot of stuff in the team as well. He He's half owner of it. He, he does all the management stuff. He's very savvy with that stuff. He's an yep. absolute wizard with car setup. All of our big endurance Ooh. wins, we can definitely uh, contribute to his uh, knowledge and understanding of MoTeC and building sets and getting the car to just perform solidly for 24 hours or 12 hours or whatever we're racing as well. Yep. Oh, cool. So what was it like starting the team from scratch? Well, although not really from scratch because you obviously said it was a lot of the same guys, a lot of the same things coming forward. But what's it like starting that team? Uh, yeah, it was uh, no, it was it was all right. I think it was because like so illusion. Like I sort of realised what I did wrong along the way. So it sort of made crank quite easier to to organise and set up. To be honest with you, um, and it was yeah. I wouldn't say it's difficult to organise, but it's just getting all the moving pieces to to fall into place at the same time and, and get everything on the, everybody on the right track and like, make sure your paints are done at the same time and everything's ready to go so that when you kick off, it's, it's all there. You're not, you're not chasing things up after. So I think structure inside a team is a really important thing. Um, mm-hmm. Just so everybody knows what they're doing. Like we've, we've kind of gone a different direction with crank in the way that we've organized it. We now have like divisions inside the team where there's a group of supercar guys, there's a group of oval guys, there's, and then there's some GT guys and endurance guys. And we sort of, everybody associates with each other and works together, but they're sort of segmented into their, their own parts as well to help each other as, as much as they can as well. So that was probably the biggest thing that I learned from Illusion because Illusion, we had 16 guys in the team and it was just it was just utter chaos, if I'm being completely yeah. honest. There was just yeah. flying parts everywhere and, yeah. So it, it sort of got out of control really quickly. Yeah, sounds like a lot of noise, which is never good for when you're trying to concentrate and actually perform as a team. So, what is the hardest part about starting a team or being part of a team? Sorry, um, I wouldn't say there's anything challenging being in a team as per se. I think the the biggest thing is obviously managing your expectation um, as a driver more than anything. Um, the way that you've got to approach it is we've got a very open book system within the team where we share all our data, we share all our information, driving techniques, and sometimes that gives another driver an advantage when you've had the advantage to begin with. Um, So that can be a bit of a hard thing to swallow sometimes, especially when you're competitive and you want to win every race. So that's probably my biggest issue. 
But I guarantee if you ask every guy in the team, they would probably say something different as well. So it's it's a very personal sort of um, feeling. That's fair. So um, we just talked before, you talk, you're looking at personality more than anything else in Crank Esports. What else do you look for in a driver when you bring a driver into the team? Um, definitely, like, the, the personality factor is a big thing. So, like looking at our driver lineup at the moment, we've got a couple of guys with very big personalities. Uh, Michael Skurlock definitely comes to mind. He's uh he's a character we'll man. Yeah, yeah, he's a character. So you've you've got to be able to have them personalities work together without clashing. You don't want any sort of conflict or any angst in the team because it does make it really uncomfortable. I've been in that situation before then people start giving people wrong information and then results start yeah, going the wrong yeah. way because nobody's learning anything. They're, they're falling away from it. Yeah, that, yeah definitely. Now, talk, we'll just get straight to Skirly question. Um, why the <laughs> hell is Skirlock so quick in whatever he drives? So, he's... Skirlock's got a motocross background. Now, I've worked with a couple oh. of guys from motocross and they... I don't know if it's something about what they're taught and how they learn to ride. They've just got this um, way of being able to to find grip in places that a normal person wouldn't. You know, that that would be one of the things I would say. Uh, he works very hard. He's been around for a decent amount of time now. Um, yeah. And, yeah, he, he puts in a lot of hours into it. It's not something that he takes lightly. He... Like, if you went and looked at his starts, you'd be horrified at how many starts he has every year. I think last year alone he had, like, uh, I couldn't, I think it was, yeah, I couldn't even tell you, but I I think it was over 10,000 starts, put it that way. So, yeah, so he he does spend a lot of time racing and he's constantly learning and developing and pushing himself to new limits. Um, But, yeah, he's, yeah, he's just a machine, man. He really is. It's interesting that you say that he can find grip just where others can't. I remember the first time he came into an Aussie car session and I did kind of what you said and went and had a look at his lines because I was like, wow, this guy is just so much faster than all of us in this practice session. And I went to go try and replicate some of the lines he was taking and I was like, there is no way that this car can possibly go through this corner <laughs> at that speed. Yeah, he could somehow do it. It was, um, it was really quite interesting. It's it's pretty impressive to watch. I'm not going to lie. Like I've I've been on the the receiving end of being smacked by him, and it's you just you sit back afterwards. And I mean, I'm lucky enough. I see his data. I know what he what he's doing. And even I'm like, how how's he done that? You know what I mean? So he's uh, yeah, he's just a solid driver. And um, to be honest with you, it's his personality that's the winner. He's the funniest guy I've ever met. And uh, yeah, he's he's an awesome guy to be around. He he grew up in Perth. He actually went to school with my cousin. So there's there's a little bit of a, a connection there. We were, grew up like a suburb apart as well. So it's um it was interesting how we met through iRacing racing and not in real life. So yeah, yeah. so it's been so it's been a while. Also ride. knows uh, my teammate uh, from Aussie Card Nathan, Nathan as well. Yeah, pretty sure he, he yeah. knows him from back in Perth yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's a few of us getting around, man. So it's uh, it's good to see so many Perth people getting into it because it, the racing over there, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. But obviously, we're not as lucky to be able to go and jump to different racetracks. It's it's very much Barbagello and then your dirt stuff, and 
that's about it. Collie Motorplex and there's not a lot else around there. So all them people do send to meet in those areas quite easily. Yeah, so I remember our first episode, we are talking about the truck series at that stage, I think. It might have been the cup series, but yeah, he he qualified second and then all of a sudden started from the pits. And the, and the comment I got back for the following week was, yeah, he was just too relaxed, apparently, going into the start. And No, I uh, so there's a little bit more to the story about that. <laughs> yeah, so, get, uh, let's get this so, happening. So he, he is notorious for disappearing right before like quality ends like to go and get a drink or go and have a pee break and he always misses the grid like always he does it all the time so i like i could yeah number amount of times where he's oh man i missed the start i've got to start from the lane so but it's it kind of doesn't affect him because he qualifies so far up the front he doesn't have to trundle the whole way through pit lane when the start goes so he's out on track pretty quick, so he never really loses a lap, and then he's back up to it. As soon as the caution okay. comes out, he's back at the back of the pack again, and he's good to go. Okay, love talking about the Skurlock show. Let's move <laughs> on to uh, a question from our Discord from J-Mac. He wants to know, how much would you value, how much value would you put on being part of an iRacing team when it comes to progress and development? Oh, massive amounts. So, obviously, I closed Illusion, uh, halfway through, I think it was July 2020. Yeah, so July 2020, I shut Illusion down um, because I just had too much stuff going on with VMM and a few other personal things were going on at the time and just I couldn't handle everything. So I sort of shut the doors on Illusion and then from July to sort of November, um, I instantly lost pace because I didn't have people pushing me and helping me develop and grow. So you need you need people around you to lean on to to get the most out of yourself because if you're just running laps by yourself, you don't know if you're going as quick as you possibly can until you see a guy in the same car, same setup as you, and he goes three-tenths quicker. You go, well, there's definitely three-tenths on the track that I can find. So it's I definitely think it's a huge part of developing as a driver. Yeah, definitely. I'd I'd second that. Um, just from our experience with the twelve hour Bathurst, the four of six of us in the one server and all having the same car, and then realizing how far off the pace you are, and then working hard to to do to that, get and it having back. the advice to be able to work with someone, to be able to you know people who are doing the exact thing, and they're they're here to help you. And yeah, definitely, help being it. a team helps out. Yeah, and even during the races, like, I mean, we're very um, open in communication during an oval race. Somebody finds a line that's working. We talk about strategy during the race. Like, all those little key components that by yourself is quite a lot to manage. But when you've got three brains, four brains working on it at once, it becomes a bit easier. It takes the pressure off where you're not so involved in that stuff that you're not focused on the driving. You're sort of 50-50 where... When you've got that many guys, you might only be putting 10%, 15% of your brain mental side into actually thinking about that stuff because everybody's doing the same. So, yeah, ah, definitely. So, let's move on to what suggestions would you have to anyone looking to form a racing team in iRacing? Um, definitely find guys that you are compatible with. Don't look for the fastest guys unless you get on with the fastest guys. I, I, I feel like you're going to develop and grow a lot more as a person and a driver 
if you've got the same sort of people around you more than if you've just got fast guys around you. Like, nothing against fast guys, slow guys, whatever. Like, everybody's got their own style. Everybody's doing it their own way. Um, But I think more the being locked in with somebody on a personal level makes it a lot easier to communicate, which then you can sort of talk a similar language and then it makes it easier to, to be able to put what you're talking about into practice. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of our third host, Nathan Verney, he's got a question from our Discord. Um, so he makes a little bit of a comment about in Ann's car uh, all the time. He, he sees drivers switching teams a lot at the moment. Um, and he knows about, uh, he mentions your illusions ending and now Crank Esports um, has got most of the same drivers back. He realizes he has no idea why one would go from one team to another. Um, but he sort of asks, how does one choose a racing team? What what do different teams offer and what would factor into making decisions about which team you would race with? Um, so a lot of teams offer very similar stuff. Um, so from a Crank side of things, we, we offer, obviously, we've got a little bit of assistance with VMM on board. So there's a bit of uh, driver coaching going on with all the guys in the team and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of guys offer the same stuff, setups, data to share information to learn things. It, it's, like I said, it's more about finding that right group of guys. Well, like, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, it's something that I'll probably preach more than other people will because... I know what it's like to be in that other situation where you don't really feel a part of something because even though you've got their pain and you're racing for them, you don't you don't feel like you're getting the most out of yourself because you're not you're not communicating with them. Like I mean, we like at Crank, we talk about racing a lot, but we talk about a lot of other stuff as well. You know, it's a it's a bit of a family in there, and yeah, we have a bit of fun along the way, and yeah, it's just. It's more about finding that right group. Now, Gives you that in being invested in something and that makes you want to yeah. become a better better person, better driver, better whatever it is that you're or a part of, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And especially when it comes to the endurance races as well. Like if you don't want to let your friend down more than just a teammate, you know what I mean? There's, it might be a little bit more added pressure, but at the same time, I, I feel like you sort of dig a little bit deeper to make sure that that doesn't happen, you know? Like it, it definitely it makes the situation a little bit more invested in for everybody in board because you all don't want to hurt each other and piss each other off in <laughs> no so much words, really. <laughs> no, definitely. Like that in my iRacing in evolution, it's been racing by myself, then racing a league and how much that's improved me and, and how important that was to then doing something like the 12-hour where I've never had feelings coming out of a, just finishing a an endurance race compared in eye racing before. So, um, being yeah, working with other people is such an amazing thing. But you would think we've been talking to Chris for so long, we've we've got to the end of it, but we haven't even started on your endurance career. So, give us a rundown of what you've won, or is it easier just to say what you haven't won yet? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> No, that's not exactly correct. So I, I've got the endurance stuff I've always taken very seriously um, yep. from the first team I was ever in. Like, So when I first started iRacing and I joined this team, 
once I got through the MX-5s and they said, all right, we're going to run the, the Sebring 12 hours, my debut for a big special endurance event, which I spent three months every day at that track. And wow. that's all I drove Jeez. for three months. Like, And I, I think we did a lap count through VRS coming up to the event and I did something like 8,000 laps in three months there. So, like, it was just, like, just constantly pushing, developing, learning, understanding. And because I wasn't comfortable to start with, then refining the set once I was comfortable with the car and then getting everybody on, on the same page with it. Like, by the time we were ready to go, all three guys in the team that we ran with were within, like, a tenth of each other. And, yeah, like... It didn't go our way, obviously, because we got involved with some uh, lap cars quite early in the piece, if I recall. I think it was within the first 45 minutes, two hours, somewhere in that window. Um, but yeah, like it was it was good for me because I kind of used it as a personal test track for a long time. When new cars came out, I always went to Sebring because I've done so many laps there. I was so comfortable there. I just knew where every bump was. I knew how to hit the curbs in every car. And just that's how I sort of got to a point where I could find a rhythm and momentum in each car quite quickly. But in regards to endurance racing, uh, Daytona 24 has always eluded me. Uh, In 2020, I had my best finish of third place. And I, it was actually a really cool race. I went door-to-door with AJ Almendinger for like three hours in the middle of the wow. night. And we just trade punches like it was like hot lap after hot lap between us. And I think like the gap between us was two seconds for three hours. It was crazy. <laughs> like So that sort of really pet me on. Um, but yeah, it's it's never never been a, like a strong result there. I think, um, yeah, third's the best I've got there. Um Bathurst, we were leading one year and Skurlock got distracted and started singing to my other teammate and crashed the car <laughs> with three hours to go. So that one's a little bit bitter still, but that happens. Um, Sebring, I've, Sebring's been a good track for us. Um, me and Skurlock won it the last 2018-2019. Uh, we won the second split GTE class in 2018 and then 2019 we won top split GTE class so that one's been a pretty good hunting ground. Uh, Nurburg I finished on the podium in the Porsche 911 Cup car a couple of times. Yeah we finished third twice. This year I think we're on for a really good crack at it. We've got a really good lineup, really good setup already. Um, Le Mans has been a very good circuit for me. I've had four starts and I've won three races there for the 24-hour races. Um, That's Spa, nuts, by the way. Spa's, <laughs> yes. Spa's horrible. I've, I don't even want to talk about Spa. I think the best <laughs> position I've ever had there is 13th. So. Oh, I don't know. That track doesn't exist as far as I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah. So, I've had I've had decent results in a lot of stuff that I've done. Um, but yeah, there's always that drive to do better and get better results again. You know what I mean? But yeah, Le Mans, yeah. Le Mans definitely the, the top for me. That's where I seem to, I just, I don't know, like from day one of testing there, I'm already on pace. Like it's just a track. I grew up watching the races, um, in the early two thousands. Like it was just 
yeah, it's just that track that I've always loved, you know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah, pretty special to go there and have so many decent results. Is uh, the Skirlock crash uh, singing to the teammate one of the more interesting memories? Is there any other things that oh, stick out? I, I've got a list of them. I don't think some of them are appropriate for a podcast, definitely. Yeah, fair enough, um, fair enough. But yeah, there's definitely some there's some key key good moments throughout the the time I've been on the sim. But yeah, <laughs> after that little incident, we actually changed the policy on how the endurance teams run. Um, <laughs> so now our drivers are separated from the rest of the crew at the time because that's yeah that won't happen again. Put it that way. I'm, I'm glad our 12 hour team managed to figure that out before the first endurance begin. <laughs> we'll go. <laughs> We're doing well, something we right. Did. We did something right. The only time we sat in the same room and chatted was the time when I spun the car through the air like a tornado, which is still getting <laughs> referenced now in our Discord. That was at Spazzy Ring as well. So I did, really I did see that video. It was quite, uh, quite impressive to watch that fly across <laughs> the front of that other car. So I was impressed. Uh, oh, thank you. I'm impressed, Chris. My, my job is done. I'm out. Thank you very much. Uh, quick question: I didn't prep you for. If you were given, you know, you can jump in a car now and race in iRacing, any car you want, what what would you pick? What would you go to be? Um, oh, that is that is a difficult question because there is a couple of cars that... Okay, give us a couple. I'll let you have a couple. All right, so I'm I'm working towards um, going pro in the, the Porsche Cup car. That's my, that's yep. my end goal. Um, but I do have a real love for the Dallara IR18 as well. That IndyCar is something special. So, and I yeah. Was sitting, I was sitting it today. It's a very fun car to it, race around when you get it right. It is. It's, um, yeah, I've, that is, I had my favorite win of my career in that car. And it's just something that's, uh, yeah, it's always stuck with me. And where was that at? Was uh, so I raced. So when they started the original iRacing National IndyCar Series, when it first started in 2018, I think it was. Uh, 2019. Yeah, 2019 they started that series where they ran the road and oval program together and they did the full-length races. And um, I won the top split Saturday night IndyCar race at Indianapolis Road Course. And, yeah, it was like 4,500 strength of field. And it was just one of them races where I didn't really know what I had. And then all of a sudden I'm out the front of the the field and I managed to, to play the strategy right. And it just fell into my – well, it didn't fall into my lap because obviously I had decent pace to be up there. But, yeah, it yeah. just – it all came together for me and – with 10 to go, I had like a six-second lead and the guy behind was catching me but not quick enough to catch me and I just had to put in consistent laps. And, yeah, that was a that was a pretty special night. I, uh, I may or may not have got a bottle of champagne, sprayed it round and then ran down the road <laughs> naked in excitement afterwards. So it, uh, it got a little bit crazy. So, But, yeah, that's a that's a big moment for me, that race, especially wow. top split in something like that. Like, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it was good, so... It's um, a we car that I haven't done much in, but I've I've jumped in it a couple of times, and it's super fun to and to drive. And then now with Scotty Mack uh, going over and doing the Indy car, it's not something. It's not actually one of the racing series I've ever followed, so I'm actually really looking forward to following it this year. They're incredible cars, man! Like, and 
like shout out to every pro driver that races and they are a handful and you watch on board footage of them in real life and they are wheeling those things like yeah they're they're a cool car yeah definitely they're at uh barber motorsport park this weekend and i can tell you what the indycar spins really well on that track especially when you get on the grass like i do so yeah i'm actually <laughs> i'm actually running the the national series race tomorrow at 11 a.m oh, nice. so yes so it'll be interesting to see how we go i wish i had more practice i would definitely jump in for the official if i could but uh, we'll see what happens uh let's get back on script because we're already going massively long but that's okay we don't care uh so uh what advice would you give to anyone who's wanting to jump into an endurance race uh lots of practice like Whatever you think a lot of practice is, multiply that by five at least. Like, just, like, so we prep for stuff three to four weeks out, and usually the lap count is around three to 500 laps before we even go to race week. So lots of practice. Um, Make sure that all the guys that you're racing with are, Around the same sort of pace and eye rating, you don't want too many discrepancies from um, eye rating wise, especially now with the new system in the way that it, it takes everybody's eye rating into account. It's kind of changed the way that you've got to put your teams together a little bit. Um, so that's the first key is definitely that stuff. Um, understand the strategy to a certain degree. Obviously, things are on the fly a lot with those races, but if you understand if you can double stint tyres, if what sort of is the minimum amount of laps that you can do to a tank and where can you push it to without losing too much pace with fuel saving and depending on what car you're in, if you're in a GTE, you've got some fuel maps to play with and that sort of stuff. So just getting getting rid so that when you're in the race, all them little one percenters aren't an issue. Practice your pit entries and exits. Like that sort of stuff like that will just make the race a lot smoother for you. If you know that you can attack the pit lane, you can make three seconds on a car in front. It's easier to pass somebody in the pits than it is on track. So just using all those little bits of knowledge and stuff like that will make the whole experience for the race better. Um, In regards to prepping for the race, definitely drink a lot of water the day before make sure you get a huge amount of sleep because i can guarantee if it's 24 hour race once that flag goes green you're not going to sleep much like even (laughs) if you're not rostered in the car you're going to be pacing around waiting for your turn to get back in the car and yeah you you, you're going to be tired by the end of it like it's it's brutal um and the other thing is as well like driver numbers like don't don't think you need 10 guys in a car or six guys in a car. Like, try and do it with the bare minimum because there's less um, there's less moving parts that way. You know what I mean? There's less less guys with different driving styles that might not be comfortable in the set. There's all those sort of little key things that you wouldn't think are a big deal, but when you put them all together, it can, it can be catastrophic. Yeah. Nice. So... We've talked about strategy a little bit. Um, Braden wants to know what the importance of strategy is in longer endurance races, which you've just said it's pretty important. Um, how much importance would you put on fuel, uh, saving fuel and what's the best way to actually save fuel for Nathan Verney's sake? Um, so there's, there's a couple of... It really depends on the circuit, to be honest with you, and it's all about getting to your, 
your window um, with your pit stop. So, like, if you know that you can do 63 minutes at Spa in a GT3, for instance, then you know that you're going to have it just equal stops on the hour every hour. Um, if you're at like 55 minutes, you, you kind of want to stretch it to that hour the best you can just to make the race a lot easier to break up into segments. Um, obviously, different cars, different fuel amounts. I know the P2, like at Le Mans, I think you get 35 minutes or something out of a tank. So, And it's very similar for all those sort of cars at Le Mans. It's a very different race at Le Mans to anything else, and fuel strat there is a huge importance. In regards to fuel saving, um, there's a couple of ways you can do it. When you go up through the gears, shifting earlier in the RPM, will help a little bit not massively but it, it does every little bit counts you know if you're saving 100 mil a lap every up shift counts every down shift counts the way you roll into the corner um the way that i seem to save a lot of fuel is all on corner entry i just roll out of the throttle earlier off the throttle completely and then sort of bleed the brake into the corner more than a big heavy braking zone and sort of use the momentum of the car to carry the speed more than stop starting and washing the speed off that way. Yep. There you go, Nathan. You should be better now, hopefully, if you listen <laughs> to that. Um, so also, does the fuel saving offer in the sim world does, uh, differ, sorry, in the sim world to the real world? So I think, yeah, we've seen, we talked about it in the past where the real world acts a little bit differently, but is there much of a similarity there? Uh, no, nah, not really. It's, there's... <sighs> It's it's hard because, like, I mean, I don't have a heap of experience with fuel saving in real world, um, but there is the the principle behind it, I guess you could say, is very similar, but putting the technique in is different from real life to the sim. That would probably be the best way I would describe it. Yeah. So... Matthew Joy, who's another locked on racer out there, he in our Discord got in and said, What's your preparation before a long race, both mentally and physically? Um I I've um Yeah, I I prep wise mentally I meditate quite a lot. Um so that does sort of clear my head and I listen to my favourite bands, music before I get in the car, probably 15, 20 minutes before just to sort of mellow me out and not think about what I've got to do too much. And then when I get in the car, I just I just eyes forward and I just go, you know. So there's not really too much mentally that I do. Uh, the biggest thing mentally while I'm in the car is trying not to get locked on to little issues that are happening during the race or getting too carried away with racing somebody or something like that so brett's really good at talking me off a ledge if i'm in a bad place um because i do tend to get a little bit frustrated at times when i'm in the car so that side of things um is pretty pretty chill just like a bit of music don't really overthink it too much like if you've done the prep there's not, it's out of your hands from that point. You can only do the best that you can do with the preparation you've put in. So the more prep work you put in, the easier it is. And physically, um, I've got a bit of a bad back, so I stretch quite a bit before I get in the sim. Just especially if like you'll find 
the more endurance racing you do, the more comfortable you'll get and you'll start pushing your hours a little bit more. So I usually do a double stint minimum, sometimes triple, and I have done quad stints before in the car, so up to four hours in the car. I can't um, even have imagined that. <laughs> it's it's not fun, put it that way. I'd have way, to so. peel myself out of the seat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the most enjoyable time. It's uh, You do it because you got to do it, and it, it plays you into the race in a certain way. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not great sitting sitting for four hours. But uh, yeah, so that's that's probably physically that's what I do. Um, obviously, I've started working with a high performance coach in the last couple of weeks, um, and he's he's implementing some stuff in which I'm really excited for. So shout out to Corey Oliver from Elevate High Performance in Upper Coomera as well. They're wow. yeah, they're pretty pretty um, on it, man. He's yeah, he's helping me with a heap of stuff. So looking forward to getting into that with him a bit more over the next few months. Sweet. So you're driving oval racing again for Anne's car. Um, what attracted you back to the oval racing? So I've always been a NASCAR fan. Like growing up in like 2000s, I remember watching it on Foxtel and stuff like that. Um, I love how pure the sport is. Like it's very... I get frustrated with F1 and V8s because of all the politics behind it and the penalties and just for unreasonable things, you know what I mean? Like where NASCAR is a bit sort of old school, you know, bump and runs are allowed, rubbing's racing. Like if you've got a problem with somebody, sort it out on track or you brawl in the the pit lane after (laughs) the race, you know? So I like the pureness of that sport. um, And that's probably the biggest thing. Obviously, iRacing is major focus is on our uh is on nascar stuff because most of their their user base is from the states and that's that's what it is over there so that does definitely sell because um you've got all the current tracks you've got the cars that are up to date with what they're running in real life so it's pretty cool to be able to go and watch a race on sunday and then and then run it on tuesday you know what i mean so that sort of stuff is what i enjoy um, and then as for Anne's car, it's it's just a great league. There's a heap of fantastic guys in there. Um, I've been racing with them on and off since uh, 2018, I think. So I've yeah, I, and I just enjoy it. I just enjoy the pureness of it. I enjoy the longer races where there's a little bit more to it and the strategy behind it. The the thing with road racing is you you might pass a guy. And then you'll drive away from him. And you might not see him again for the rest of the race. But with oval racing, it might take you 25 laps to pass the guy. You might get past him, then have a bad pit stop because the cautions come out. And then you're behind him again and you've got to work to get past him again. And it might take you 35 laps this time because you both learned yeah. something in that last stint. So it, the, the challenge of the constant changing of NASCAR is what I really enjoy. Sweet. So... This is a personal question that I want to know. Have you ever finished a race with someone and then just PM'd them and said, hey, I'll give you a free lesson because you were just terrible? <laughs> personal as in it happened to you or? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I did, I did have a Chris moment and lost my shit on the radio. Um, yep. And... It was not a good thing. Like, it was bad, like, from all sides. And I felt really bad. And I offered to 
sort of make it up to him by giving him a session. Um, but yeah, that was that was a pretty low point in my my racing. It was not <laughs> it was not pretty. So did he take you up on the free lesson? No, he didn't. Um, <laughs> oh, and he, that would have been a better part of the And story. he left the league, and yeah, it was not oh, good. No. So yeah, I felt really guilty and bad about it. It was just, I was frustrated because I was on a quality lap, and he was just sort of dawdling around, and he, he ran off the track and then just pulled right back on in front of me in the final minutes of qualifying. And yeah, so I just, <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a great moment, that's for sure. But we're, we're all we're all human, and we all, get flared up and tempered at times so it's um it happens and i I've, it does. i apologize profusely afterwards but uh yeah he didn't want to hear it so yeah oh there's a free lesson there <laughs> uh so what's the future hold for chris Purnell? we heard about the porsche stuff what else have you got planned um so for the rest of this year we're we're sort of focused on building the team up getting getting the final pieces of the team into place there's a couple of things we're working on at the moment with that stuff um as for me as a driver i'm gonna run the rest of Anne's car for the year um i'm running the indycar national series starting tomorrow and doing the rest of the endurance events for the year and I'm also taking on the Nürburgring Endurance Championship starting Sunday. So this week's actually quite a busy week of racing. So that's where I'm sort of at at the moment. Um, long term, I'd like to I'd like to make it to pro in the Porsche. Um, but that's a that's a big, steep curve ahead of me. So I've got a lot of work to do with that stuff. Um, but yeah, just enjoying it, man, along the way. And just taking every opportunity and moment I've got thrown at me and grabbing it with both hands going with it so see what happens definitely so we've just made you talk non-stop pretty much for an hour so i'll probably give you a break now we've, yep. we've grilled you and Braden's actually still here everyone he's still talking as he's about to get ready to, to take over because i need a break as well uh but you're happy to hang around while we talk about some results and some news and some other bits and pieces sure will be i'll be here cool jump in especially the stuff that we're going to mention you in uh, but definitely jump in whenever you feel free so let's get on to the local iRacing results from around Australia and I guess we start with hold on we haven't even done what we've been doing have we let's start with that Brayden you're supposed to tell me to go back up to the top um we'll talk about what we've been doing we'll quickly start with Chris you've got a busy week ahead since I just told you you can shut up for a while but what do you what have you been doing the last week in iRacing itself so I did Martinsville in the Cup car on Thursday night last week. Yeah, and I didn't see it. Never happened. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. So <laughs> uh, that was that was. I'm I'm not good there. It's it's been a track on my on my list of places to get better for a while, and I just I can't seem to find a groove around there that works. And I thought I'd put the car in a decent window on Thursday where I was sort of content and could manage the tyre and make it work. And I qualified like 20-odd and, yeah, just it went backwards from there real quick. So I think, yeah. I, only, I, think I only made 50 laps and I got DQ'd. So I got <laughs> punted about four times in the first 10 laps. So it, they fired yeah, for sheep stations back there. So, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty bad. Um, other than that, just a lot of Nürburgring practice, bit of IndyCar practice, bit of Porsche Cup stuff. Uh, working with a couple of guys in the supercar. Yeah, just sort of cruising around, really, to be honest with you. Oh, sweet. 
we'll go into Braden next because honestly, look, I haven't touched the sim since the podcast last week, except for Rossi Car, which we'll talk about in the results. Except for today, when I jumped in and quickly just tested out that Indy car around Barber Motorsport Park, got about a minute ten about that, but not consistent enough to really push forward with it at the moment. But did some dirt sprint car racing today as well, and obviously prepared for tomorrow night's Aussie car. But Braden, what have you been up to, mate? Yeah, a bit the same. So obviously we had um, Aussie car last week, which was the endurance race at Interlagos, um, which we'll get into a little bit more no, didn't exist. Uh, after, <laughs> especially <laughs> we've got a bit of a pit stop debacle to go over. So oh um, that was interesting. Uh, done a bit yep. of practice in the um, Skippy for the uh, Monza Oval. I mean, Monza Junior that we've Junior. got this week. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and done some There's tests. in one end of the Oval. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> So that's going to be a draft fest. And funnily enough, yep. talking about draft fests, the Skippy officials are at Watkins this week. So I also did a little bit of test laps around there while trying to get my new uh, PC set up, which was stressful. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I haven't actually done a race there yet. Um, and then I, while I was doing some more testing for the stream, I actually did another oval, can you believe? Uh, so again... Whoa. <laughs> went back to the old street stocks it was a rookie race uh, which is at charlotte yep. this week and again it was surprisingly fun it's something i probably need to do a little bit more of so started around 13th and managed to stay pretty clean apart from someone got sort of punted into me um but i managed to somehow survive it, it clipped me right in the back right hand um side so i don't know how i didn't go around um but yeah, managed to hold on for a sixth in that, which was uh, pretty fun. But yeah, it's mainly been Aussie car stuff this last week or so. Um, but hopefully over the next week, we'll get to try a few different things out, being at home a bit more. Definitely. So let's actually move into that news. Uh, sorry, T, the results that I mentioned before. And we'll go straight into Aussie car, where we had the endurance round at Interlagos. We uh, did. 50 minutes of chaos. Um, <laughs> yeah, you want to take it, Braden? Take yeah. the lead. What happened? Yeah, so we went to Interlagos for the first time um, in the Skip Barber for Aussie Car, which I know a few people, including yourself, felt was well overdue. Um, mm-hmm. A few things happened. We got to hear David, ha- uh, David Haynes pronounce the last corner at least as many different ways as there's probably been lead <laughs> swaps this season, so that was always good to hear. Um, he, but, did, he was 100% sure he got it right once. Yeah, somewhere in there. I'm sure he got it right at least once. Um, but yeah, Alex McKellar started on pole um, with his teammate, was actually a bit of a surprise packet with Alex not actually registering a qualifying time. So he had to start from basically the back of the grid. And um, it wasn't the fact that he didn't put a lap in. He actually did four laps that all of them had at least one X on it. Yeah. Which um, was even more surprising. But that's, yeah, that's right. The back of the field. Um, it was actually a pretty clean uh, start to the race. Most people made it through lap one cleanly. Um, but then a few mistakes started to happen. Um, Alex was quickly moving up the field. Any before he got into a small incident, um, but didn't get any uh, major damage. Um, I think it was a one with a one of the one eleven cars. Uh, and Ben Snell quickly one eleven cars. Yeah. yeah, Ben Snell quickly saw himself off to the front um, of the pack before Milo cars started doing Milo car things, and he lost his uh, his rear end. Um, and basically, McKellar had to pretty much come to a stop, which basically dropped them both down the pack and let uh, Clark and Hedershide sort of run off into the Brazilian sunset, although it might have been morning, so I don't know if it was sunset. It was evening. Oh, uh, there we go. Uh, the biggest one was probably Sean Doyle. Uh, missed his braking marker massively um, and sort of 
did a full send on Chasty. It was pretty lucky he didn't take anyone out, but unfortunately it did unsettle Jason a little bit, who ran into a fellow 111 car. I think it was Scott Barton, which to be fair, like you said at the moment, if you take out another car, it's literally like a 50-50. It's going to be a 111 car, so yeah, <laughs> there's that and, many of them. And the, the best part of that was I was in chat with uh, both Chasty and Fewens in voice chat when that happened. Um, <laughs> there were some choice words mentioned uh, around that time. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, it was <laughs> watching it from the uh, broadcast. It was it was a big send. I don't. I'm sure he didn't mean it, but it looked pretty. Nah. Looked pretty funny. Um, and then from there, it was just a bit of survival trying to make it to the safety car, and that's sort of where all the confusion started. So we kind of got briefed before uh, the race uh that we could pit under iRacing safety cars and that race control would just clear the black flags but i think uh ira and the others uh race control probably mistook how hectic that was actually going to be and the biggest problem the pitting and the clearing of the flags wasn't really the big problem the biggest problem i think was the fact that it put the order of which people were supposed to be behind the safety car out which meant people were being told to let others pass i don't know alex and it might have been Sean went past me because it was telling them to. And then oh, I was like, Dennis, mm, I think Dennis you need to come behind me. a huge bump up the field. He was 20th and got up to 12th from it. So. Yeah. So yeah. that was interesting. So, I mean, it's good that they tried something different to see if it worked, but I, I wouldn't like to see that again. <laughs> That's for sure. Can I quickly... So the first round of pit stops happened. Yep. Um, obviously, what, 25-odd minutes into the race because we had the... Oh, no, it was about... 15, 20, yes, yeah, 15 minutes in the race. We had 7.9 litres. Yep. I did what Chris talked about before and I tried to fuel save. I'm dra- drafting and all that kind of stuff. In Skippies, it makes no difference. But watch the broadcast. Apparently, I got the shortest pit stop out of everyone. Yeah, so it so, must have made a difference. And I was I was extremely excited when I in the race because I came out and I had three seconds ahead of, um, I think it was... Uh, there was Dean Russell, there was uh, Stanford as well that I was, I was racing with. They were three to four, five seconds behind me, but it put me in the horrible spot of I was had six seconds in front of me, so I was sitting there doing laps with no one around me. Then we we saw, um, I think it might have been Alex John jump into the pits, and yep. me and Chastity, I've gone, that's weird. And he's gone, no, you can probably make it home from here. I said, and then we did the maths in ahead as we're racing around, as you do in, in Interlagos, you know, just do maths instead of watch the track. And... Um, <laughs> realized yeah we could make it home and just as i'm pulling into the pit for that second one to get this big jump up because then we get the the jump up the field with the yellow flag the safety car comes out i know i had the same problem i was talking to nathan um i think you see it on my stream i was like getting to that point where i was like i think i can make it home from here and i said to him you know is there going to be an advantage to pitting on green here and he was kind of like oh no and then he was like oh wait maybe and then i was i was like you know what I think I'll do it next lap. And literally as I crossed, uh, literally the barrier where pit entry is, uh, the yellow flag came out. I was like, oh, because I was like, I think I can get home and I'm going to get a big bump up. But I don't think it would have made much of a difference from where I was on the track anyway. So no. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that happened. We so on to the next part. Sorry for the interruption. That's all right. Uh, so I actually spent a fair chunk of the race with Tim Corn, who was probably a bit faster than me, but it seemed like every single time I'd try to get a good run on him, he'd end up having a bit of a checkup and I'd lose momentum. And then I think it kind of happened a bit the same um, for him. I'd managed to get past him and then I felt like I was probably holding him up sometimes. I think he seemed a little bit quicker overall than me, but unfortunately he gave himself a lone spin uh, through that tricky middle section, uh, which put an end to that battle, which was nice. And then, yeah, McKellar led them away from the safety car restart. Um, 
And then basically what was formerly known as the Cameron Dance Show is basically turned into the Ben Snell Show, who managed to timely uh, work with his teammate enough to get to the back of the top split TV car of Alex McKellar and won the drag race um, to the line. The crafty move up the inside, sort of taking away that inside line uh, all the way to the line. So the final results went Ben Snell won, Alex McKellar second, Russell Clark third with uh, Daniel Hedeshard and Nathan Verney in fifth. And then Alex John was the big mover, finishing sixth after starting 24th. So he was up 18 spots. Um, I managed to go okay, got a ninth. Um, I just had a note here that said, did you want to talk about your night at all, Pete? Or? Uh, so my night, we start with apologies. Um, sorry, Darren Lasso, and sorry, Stuart Crawford again for taking you out two weeks in a row because I... <laughs> Apparently, skippies don't go well on grass. And when you put one wheel off on the grass, as, look, Chris has watched me do many times in the Ferrari, <laughs> I just put the car a little bit too far over and you put the foot down on the brake or the accelerator and the car spins for some reason. I don't know why. And, um, yeah, it took out Darren and Stuart. I'm really sorry, guys. But, yeah, end up finishing, like, 19th or something, rather. Yeah. Uh, after being fairly solid, sort of 10th, uh, sorry, 11th to 12th most of the race. And, yeah, it's got to learn to block. I was just letting people through, and that's where that's where it happened. So I should should be blocking more. So. Yeah. So the championship stands at the moment. Ben Snell's twenty points ahead of Alex McKellar, who's a further twelve points ahead of Chasty uh, for the top three, and then it goes uh, Vernie Clark, Hancock, myself, Dean Russell, which is pretty good, I think, for him. He's starting to make his way up the leaderboard, um, which is nice. Uh, Tim Corn and Sean Doyle round out the top ten, and then Team Van Diemen Racing have a 71-point lead over Sharp EIT by Tech One, which is Nathan and myself. Your team. Um, and then we've got a 25-point lead gap on Top Split TV at the moment. So I think it's going to be pretty hard to chase down uh, Van Diemen Racing at the moment. Yeah, I think so. So let's move on to Chris's favourite race, Anscar <laughs> Cup at Martinsville. What happened, Chris? What, what, what happened that night? Lots of yellow flags. <laughs> lots, there was. What was the lots, fourteen cautions? Fourteen I've cautions. Down here. Yeah, it was. It was pretty crazy. Forty-two <laughs> cars started and eighteen on the lead lap by the end of it as well. Yeah, so. I mean it's it's a very tight track anyway. Like, and the racing's very quick there. Um, and when accidents happen, especially with the new smoke model as well, it's oh, like, yeah. oh wow, where's that car come from? <laughs> so it happens very quick there. It's it's. That and Bristol are the are the fast ones, you know, and, and when it when it yep. goes wrong, it goes very wrong very quickly. So, but yeah, it was yeah. So being being at the front was obviously an advantage, and Josh Micklemore showed that, um, yep. leading just about start to finish. Um, somehow Skurlock ended up in the front, and still we don't know why. One of the yellow flags came out, and he was found himself in front. Uh, but the broadcasters were pretty shocked that that happened and i don't i didn't see him pass anyone but no so there was there's it's happened before as well so he was on the receiving end of it from matt dance and i think it was last year where it like the yellow flag comes out at a certain point and because he like you break for the caution or something it like I, i don't know it triggers something so it's it's happened before so um, okay. Yeah, it's. I think it's a little glitch that happens every once in a while there. 
There you go. With the break when the caution happens, get a glitch and come first, please. <laughs> Andrew Dyson got a second. Um, and then obviously Skurlock, uh, we're talking about just then, got third. So good drive from him. Hamish Gallagher up four, 24 places to six. Well done, Hamish, as well. Uh, and how do you pronounce Lachlan's last name, Chris? I, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just call him Lockie U, so... <laughs> Lucky you. Lucky okay, lucky you. you up 31 places into eight. Uh, and we do a little thing here on Locked On Eye Racing where we do Ryan Jones watch. Uh, he finished 27th. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, now he was going pretty well till he put his car into about every other car on the track. Um, so Josh now takes a huge lead in the championship. Uh, he was tied with Neil Pearson. But as you were mentioning before, Chris, you got taken out early because of uh, the limits. Was it 17 incident points and it was a disqualification? Yeah, so 12 and you get a drive-through. And then 17 yeah. is, that's it, you're gone. Yeah, so the same thing that happened to you happened to Neil with every single car deciding to hit him at some stage. And those four X's add up and he ended up uh, missing out on the second half of the race pretty much. Yeah. So he now sits second in the championship, 48 points behind Josh after being equal with him going into the round. Um, so yeah, there's a bit of an issue there with the, the short tracks and the incident count, I think. There but, is. Oh, I guess I'll work on that. There is, but the beauty with Anne's car is because the season's so long, you can sort of, yeah. you can come back at it and oh, we, yeah, we get four drop rounds before we get to the chase as well. So it, it sort of all plays itself out. So where you see guys at the moment, like if you have a solid week every week, you know, you're going to be where you need to be. Um, but yep. yeah, the the mid pack sort of shuffle. You you won't really know who's where until we get to the last round of the the regular season. Yeah, cool. So Skurlock moved into third, equal with uh, Edward Foster, who's a guest coming up on the podcast in a few weeks' time as well. I haven't announced that. There you go, everyone. You know now. Well, a little sneaky. Uh, there's a whole. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a whole heap of uh, people who jumped up four places with the biggest movers in the championship. So Andrew Dyson up to 15th, Barry Neal up to 18th, and James Robbie putting himself up to 23rd as well. So there's some some nice little jumps in that mid-pack as you're talking about. So um, well done to all those people. Now, did you end up racing in the trucks on Monday night at Charlotte? No, I didn't. I didn't I, see your name on there. I had to be at work at midnight, so there was no oh. racing for Chris. So <laughs> That sucks. Chris's boss. Be better. <laughs> Just be better. Uh, so I didn't get to watch it. Um, Anne's car trucks happened at Charlotte, 100 laps. Uh, there was no broadcast, unfortunately. FGM Castle just had... They had other things that just got busy, so couldn't do it. They're Fair actually enough, it they're actually currently recapping it as we speak, and it's being broadcast okay. right now. Oh well, no, because <laughs> that there's no. I don't want to see this result. Before it was, no one could verify the result, so you know it was only a, apparently Ryan Jones won the race. Ooh, <laughs> uh, now it's actually going to be official. It's going to be out there. Uh, no, he had a two tenths win over James Robbie, which was pretty. Pretty close, so I'm pretty keen to watch that recap. Uh, and uh, Daniel, I've been told to say Daniel G. Danny, third. Yeah, Danny G. Danny G. And um, Paul Jackson, the biggest mover in fourth, uh, jumping up 36 places overall. So well done to Paul Jackson. I know a very big regular in all the Anscar stuff. So um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go check out the recap right now. Uh, once uh, you finish listening to the podcast, but that wraps up Anne's car. 
we've got a few other bits and pieces that we haven't really covered before. Namely because ODSE started their sprint car series this week, and that's why I jumped in the sprint car today and had a bit of fun around, because I was enjoying watching Series 2 Round 1 from Volusia. Did you pick up any of this dirt stuff on during the week, Braden? I didn't. The plan was to sit down and watch some uh, yesterday or the day before, um, but with the issues I had getting the new PC together, yeah, it kind of took up a little bit more of my time than I'd planned, so uh, I haven't. I would like to go back and watch it, though, so... So, and Chris, you you mentioned some dirt kart racing. Are you interested in any of the the oval dirt stuff in iRacing? I I love sprint cars. I love watching them. I have dabbled and I do okay in them, but it's not something I take super seriously. It's more like a Friday night fun thing if I've got nothing else on my yep. plate. Um, but looking at the names on that list, there is some very <laughs> talented drivers in there. I actually have watched yes. Tim Ryan race a dirt car, so in WA as well. So he's um yeah, him at Joel Berkeley is obviously a very good driver as well. With um, I'm pretty sure he won the state title for the street stocks or the the Australian straight state title last year as well in real life so there's some very talented drivers up the top of that field yeah we actually so i actually put this on the run sheet for this week because i I was enjoying watching it and matthew joy who does a little bit of stuff in the background for us um he he's right into his dirt stuff so he was getting me into it and then um brayden you're gonna uh someone reached out to us who was it who reached out to us oh um uh brady baldwin yeah, so he himself is a, a very good real-life driver as well. So um, he wants to be on the podcast in the future, so that'll happen. Um, we just got to do it. And yeah, talking about this series. So it was a very good series. They um, basically, a Holly Heats got a, got a C main and a B main, and then we had the 30-lap A main, uh, which Tim Ryan showed a masterclass on the night by winning his heat, winning, getting pole position, and then leading every lap of the 30 lap a main um start to finish he, he said in the com- in the interview afterwards that it was a he put he was he got lucky i guess and he wasn't that quick but <laughs> if you watch the race he was just dominant it's being very um, modest yeah definitely <laughs> uh so daniel uh hardy can finish the solid second and harry stewart got third uh, it was a great race from Thomas Mitchell, who ended up sixth, uh, got the hard charger award up 13 places towards the end of it. Uh, there was an incident really early on, which unfortunately, Joe Berkeley was running the, the high line and everyone else was running the low line. And he wasn't getting much traction there. It wasn't He was sort of slowly losing ground, but unfortunately, someone had spun at the back of the field and was facing the wrong way. And that should bring out a yellow caution. So he wasn't he didn't tow. But no caution came out, so Joe Berkeley came on the high line and just completely clipped this guy and put himself into the grandstand and ruined his race. But it would have been really good to see Joe out there at the end of it, seeing if he could push Tim when that high line sort of... It never really came on, um, which was unfortunate, but eventually he would have probably come down and push it towards the end of it, which is a sad end to, to his night. But they're heading to Cedar Lake Speedway next week, so hopefully... Uh, I'm actually looking forward to watching that. So I think they're broadcast just straight after us on uh, SimSpeed TV on Thursday night, so be a good little one to wind down with. Awesome Anscar Cup, if uh, if Chris is going to be running better on that this week. We'll see. <laughs> so Maybe. We'll, we... we'll leave it under advisement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, where are you going to? You're going to Charlotte 
this week? Or uh, no, where are you going this Richmond, week? Richmond, I'm pretty sure, off the top of my oh, head. Oh, Richmond. Which, from all reports of drivers and people around the paddock, it is loose. So it could be a very <laughs> interesting race. Oh, cool. I can't wait. So lots of stuff to watch between now and next episode, uh, including I jumped on the Pro Truck Showdown, which uh, went to round two last night at the Twin Ring Montague. Uh, did I get that right? Maybe. Um, Montague, yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah close enough. So the Pro Trucks, um, if you haven't seen them before, they're basically the, the dirt trucks, uh, big suspensions, jump up and down at the front and back. They're, they're amazing cars, but they're on tarmac instead of on the dirt. Uh, so Justin Howe's been pushing that series along, which looks pretty good. And uh, yeah, so they did uh, five laps in the race one. Uh, 11 trucks started, uh, pretty much broke into two battle packs pretty pretty early on. Hobbo uh, pretty much dominated from start to finish, but only well, he was probably a couple car lengths ahead of the, the, the major pack at the front uh, at the end, which was Jason Howe. That guy who keeps on popping up everywhere, Ben Snell, and uh, Stevens as well. They all battled for the miners' shopping spots pretty pretty regularly. Uh, very very good and close racing for that those minor spots. Um, it's interesting. Ryan Jones, another. It's interesting yeah, how yeah. Chris was saying earlier uh, how he sort of met someone through the sim and realised that they were actually pretty close by. Turns out Ben Snell lives about eight minutes from where I live as well. <laughs> so that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah, I I work with with Matthew Joy, and we both found each other we, we we knew each other first but then all of a sudden oh you play irising oh you play irising oh there you go so now we do a lot of stuff together but yeah so another name obviously ryan jones comes up again uh we'll be on the podcast fairly soon so is he next week he is next week maybe there you go we'll talk to him about all his endeavors but uh him and uh westbrook and uh Pris, uh all battled in that other pack and it was all really good for five fifth six and seventh until Pris sort of fell off the back but definitely uh, Ryan Jones just got it up over Westbrook uh, to get fifth over sixth. Um, and yeah, that was a very, very good effort. Snell was the biggest mover, eighth to third, which was a pretty good effort from him after not qualifying too well. Race two, uh, we saw Ben Snell lead all the race, uh, kept Hobbo uh, back there, a couple of car lengths back. Hobbo looked like he was really going to um get him towards the end and probably set him up and Battle just of the overshot beards. one of the corners. Yes. <laughs> uh just overshot one of the corners, uh going for a big send and uh I got him front and but then lost all, all momentum and, and Snell just went past him and, and took a couple of car lengths, which was the end of it. Uh Stevens fought off Justin Howe for third, which was a really good battle as well. These were the double packs all the way through, uh, which was was good to watch these two people fight it out. Uh Favell, after a massive crash on turn one, which saw him flip about 18 times and destroy every panel of his truck uh, on before turn one of race one, had a much better race two coming fifth. So well done to that. It's a good, good fun little series just to be able to watch and enjoy some, some hard battling, uh, which is good fun. Now, a couple of things. We've got Into Sim, uh, which nominations, Into Sim Esports Network, which we promoted last week, the Friday night series where they're doing different disciplines each week, different cars, different tracks. Um, they're up to over 40 people now registered and the names are fairly significant in that. So keep an eye out for that. If you are interested, go to Into Sim Esports Network on Facebook it's, and register over there. It's going to be a great series. It is going to be yeah, really I was, 
So Aiden Schultz, and there's a lot of Ansgar guys in there and some of the, the better versions of that as well. So the really fast guys are all in that, um, including a whole lot of other people. So, uh, But I was talking to Aiden the other day and, yeah, he's said that, yeah, get as many people in there as they can and then they'll work out what they're going to do with if they've got a few extra people and they can't fit them into the things. But, um, yeah, just still time to nominate before that starts next Friday. Um, speed car... Uh, Stampede also had nominations go up on Monday, which is an offshoot of the ODSE uh, group, and they actually registered out 100 people in, um, fulfilled the nominations in under 12 hours. It ended up being, I put 24 on here, but I talked to Matthew Joy, who's registered. Yeah, 100 people nominated for this free dirt sprint series uh, in in under 12 hours. It was phenomenal. So looking forward to that coming to Monday nights and getting a bit of that. Uh, the other thing is V8 Veterans announced their Season 8 starts in July, June 17th, but uh, 12 round series are taking nominations now. I saw before they're already up to 40 of a maximum of 52 or something along those lines. So if you're over 40 and you want to race some V8s with some really fast people, uh, go to V8 Veterans on Facebook and check out that and nominate before you miss out. Yeah, we've, but that's we've all got, the series. Um, we've got four guys running in that recurring season so that'll be good to see oh, nice. so yeah so scotty just made his 50th start in the series so it's a, i saw that yeah so awesome series from what i've been told obviously i'm not quite old enough to get in there yet but um <laughs> yeah it's uh it's good to watch the racing's really good and clean in there they race hard and fair yep. no cool i've 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 stumbled across it because Chasty's in our um, voice for Aussie cars and he just has to jump straight out of that to go spot for someone over in um, in that series as well. So I'll definitely be watching a bit more of that coming up soon. So I'm over 40, so technically I can do it. I just got to get the fast part happening, which is the hard part. Um, so there's the series. Is there anything else, Chris, that I've missed? Is there a series out there that you know of that I should be watching? Oh, there's... there's... There's heaps there's of, thousands of there's heaps of good series. So, um, no, I think at the moment that's that's sort of like the, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much sort of the the main ones at this point in time. Obviously, AMF um, run the the GT stuff on. I think it's Sunday nights. That's pretty yep. impressive to watch as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it at the moment. So I know there's some new cool stuff coming up, but I can't say much more than that at the moment. Um, oh, yeah. we'll, have get, we'll have to get you back for a sneak <laughs> sneak preview. <laughs> oh, I think, Two weeks in a row we get nuggets of yeah, gold, but we can't can't talk about them. Oh, there's, there's always stuff going on in the background, that's for yeah. sure. So, but no, um, yeah, no, there's there's some great. There's some great events, great series out there, and it's. I think the problem for most people is time. You know, like if you yes. have more time, you'd run more stuff. It's just, it's just too much to pick sometimes. Oh, it definitely is. Even just to watch what we're what we're trying to keep up with, it's um, yeah, it's it's almost a full time job already, and we're only doing this as a bit of fun. So, uh, yeah, good fun. Uh, let's move into the news and updates. Now, there was a patch went out on the 12th, so two days ago. Um, Braden, did you see much of what was in this? Uh, I had a quick read over it. Um, it was, it was nothing too crazy. There was a few issues that were fixed, um, especially a few crashes. I think the main thing that people have had issues with over the last few weeks has been payments, right? Yeah, so we'll quickly talk about the payments first then. If you're using Commonwealth Bank at all in Australia, they've actually blocked 
iRacing as a payment option um, for some reason in the background. Uh, so you can't renew your subscription at the moment or basically use Combank to purchase anything. Uh, it's all getting declined. Um, so the, the on the forums, they've put out a post saying, basically, please contact your bank to get them to lift any restrictions that they have set on iRacing. Um, you could also try a different uh, credit card or debit card. Uh, payment wall, PayPal or Venmo to try and bypass the issue. Uh, but they are working uh, with Commonwealth Bank to see why the restrictions were put in place in the first place and how they can resolve this. Um, be probably good yeah, if my so. bank could put a restriction on all iRacing related <laughs> purchases. That would probably help me out. <laughs> that would be amazing as well. Because I, oh yeah, I'll try that. Yep, buy it. I, um, I don't so. even want to. I don't even want to go down that path. Hey, like, yeah. It's, it's, so Chris, how much have you? No. <laughs> It's in the thousands, yeah. put it that way. So Absolutely. I can imagine. Don't worry about that. So look, uh, yeah, definitely. I've seen it pop up on a few of the Facebook uh, accounts of people asking why, but that is that is the reason. So hopefully they fix that fairly soon and we don't have to worry about it. In the patch itself that happened, uh, I do like, There's a, first of all, there's a thing where they've turned off True Force Logitech, which is the new Logitech Wheels, new Force Feedback, fancy name for it. Uh, they've temporarily disabled it by default. Uh, basically, the latest G-Hub version, which Logitech fix your, fix your software. Every time you do a G-Hub update, it, fix, it breaks something in iRacing. But, yeah, um, I had that problem with mine when I couldn't. I basically couldn't exit a sim <laughs> at all. Oh, really? Yeah, so once I did a race, I had to restart my computer and redo it. <laughs> Otherwise, I couldn't get back into anything, which with Aussie Car, of course... Uh, is that's it isn't ideal because <laughs> you've got about five no. minutes to get back in the next race so that's it uh especially with some of the stuff we heard this week about next season as mm. well we only have a even shorter window but anyway uh basically it has a bug that causes a lock up in the sim shutdown uh, this feature will be re-enabled when the issue is resolved you may need to recalibrate your racing wheel as well uh they've done some stuff to telemetry uh hybrid vehicles they've fixed a crash to desktop issue that could occur when the hybrid vehicle attempted the transition from practice session into race session. Um, they've just fixed a few other general things with UI and stuff, but the one I like the most is audio. <laughs> uh, ambient crowd audio sound uh, should now be less repetitive. And then they put an extra note just underneath, just in case. Uh, everyone has found new topics to discuss. <laughs> oh, so well done, I always love their little Easter eggs they chuck in there. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you should hopefully, if you're listening to the ambient noise for some reason and not concentrating on your lines you're driving, uh, you'll probably hear some different stuff, which is pretty cool that they've even done that. So thank you, iRacing, for doing that. Um, That is the news for the week. That is a podcast almost for the week. I just want to quickly ask Chris one more question. Yes? You ready for this one? I am. What do you, what do you got in your rig? What what's what's Chris Purnell used to race? Um, so currently at the moment I am running a set of Fanatec Club Sport V three pedals with a Thrustmaster T three hundred RS wheel. Um, I run a Oculus C V one VR and that's pretty much it, to be honest with you. I am currently shopping for some new equipment that will be coming around the new financial year. 
but uh, <laughs> coincidentally, yeah. Oh, there's yeah, there's a few things that are working on there. So, but yeah, at the moment, oh, and I've also got a 49 inch ultra wide monitor that I use as well. But the VR is, um, yeah, for me, it just being able to see the car move around and feel that yeah. whole immersion factor is way more for me personally than having screens. Um, How do you find the headset after a quadruple stint? Um, sweaty <laughs> would be the word. <laughs> nah, it's it's not too bad, to be honest with you. So I've been running VR for nearly three years now. So I've, I've you get used to it quite quickly, to be honest. Um, and as long as you've got a fan sort of pointed in your direction at your head, it, it doesn't get too hot or anything like that. Uh, there's been a couple of Anne's car races where I may or may not have forgotten to turn the fan on before we've started, and <laughs> I've I've pulled up pretty worse for wear after it. But um, yeah, no, nah, it's 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 good, man. Like honestly, the like a lot, I know a lot of guys say, oh, the graphics aren't there and stuff, but when you've got a helmet on in real life, everything's a little bit blurry anyway. You know <laughs> what I mean? So. Yeah, it's, true. It, I've, I feel like it's even closer to being simulated if we're being honest, but um, yeah, it's yeah. I like it to be honest. So, but yeah, and then I got a decent PC built from AfterShock, and that's pretty much what I'm running at the moment. But Direct Drive and a set of hydraulics are on the way. Nice. So, if you want to donate to Chris's cause, please go to Virtual Motorsport Mentor <laughs> and book a session. Uh, what, what, that's it. So, do you want to plug all your stuff? Uh, where can people find all your stuff to make you money so you can buy this stuff? <laughs> oh, it's not even about making money, man. It's about helping guys no. and getting everybody to the same same enjoyment that I get out of the racing. Um, it, it's definitely helped me mentally um, fight through some some difficult times and just had something to lean on and, and sort of enjoy and get things out of life and have that little bit of competitive edge and that feeling of sort of um, completion, I guess you could say. So um, you can find me on Virtual Motorsport Mentor on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and the website is virtualmotorsportmentor.com. I also do some personal streaming on Chris Purnell, hashtag 920 on Facebook. Um, And, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you need me, send me a message. And, uh, yeah, I usually reply pretty quickly. Yes, he does. Where did 920 come from? Uh, so, I was born in 92, um, and yeah. I ran a go-kart number as 92 when I was younger, and then I got in the sim, and there was a couple of other guys running 92, so I got a bit creative and went yeah, okay. and added a zero on it, and uh, <laughs> I had a couple of good results really quickly with it, and I thought, well, that's my number now, we're sticking with is. that, and uh, yeah, it's it's done me a lot of good, to be honest, that number has uh, brought me some pretty cool wins. Yeah, definitely. No, that's good. I always like to find out where numbers come from. It's good. Uh, so... Braden, I guess if people want to talk to you and catch up with you, where can they find you, mate? Yeah, so come over, uh, probably stream a little bit more over the next week or so, uh, being uh, away from work. But um, you can find me at twitch.tv slash the1dwade. And then over on Twitter at Braden Talks. Excellent. Definitely go do that. Uh, Now, 
I'll plug the Discord now, even though Chris hates the Discord. He's been in there for two days and he's got 50 million <laughs> notifications. Uh, LockedOnLads.com slash Discord is your easiest way to get into our Discord. It will be hopefully in the show notes as well if you want to grab the link. Uh, we do have a meat channel. We now have an outdoors channel and we have definitely a lot of racing channels and gaming as well. So uh, we've also got the mental health channel and weight loss channels for those people who need that help as well. We are very much a community that is helping others out. So also, drop in. please don't leave out the best yes. channel that's in the uh, Locked On Lads, uh, the Caps Only channel. That's by far yes. the best channel. <laughs> Yes, definitely. So if you want to shout at clouds, we've got a spot for you as well. But definitely <laughs> lockedonlads.com slash Discord. Uh, thank you so much to all the, the massive amount of people who have joined us over the last couple of weeks since the podcast launched. Uh, your feedback has been overwhelming, to say the least. Uh, you can find all the other Locked On Lads stuff at... Uh, so Twitch is Locked On Lads. YouTube is Locked On Lads YT because I stuffed up and created two accounts. Uh, Facebook is Locked On Lads and the Twitter is Locked On Lads. We may have some new socials coming up soon, but for now, that's the best places to get them. Uh, I stream on that Twitch channel, so Locked On Lads, definitely go over there and catch the Aussie cars on Thursday nights and our endurances when we when I do race on Saturday nights as well. I will try and get some other stuff up there, mainly during the day, but definitely go if you want to watch me stream some stuff, that's the place to do it. Um, if you want to catch me and just chat to me privately, uh, you can do so through the Discord as well, or Wilco's Jewel Zone, which is the reference to my old gaming stuff on Twitter. Uh, that is mainly all the stuff. Uh, definitely thank you to everyone who has joined us and listened to the episodes and continue to listen to the episodes. Thank you so much to Chris Purnell for giving us an hour and a half of his time for free. But if you want to go get an hour of his time 20% off definitely use that locked on code on his website when you go to checkout uh but thank you so much chris for giving us your time you've been a legend um you've done amazing job and it's been great to talk to you so until next week yeah until next week brayden's going to be here as well so thank you brayden as well yeah no Uh, have a good one and we'll talk to you next week if you want to get those questions in for ryan jones do them now over the discord or hit us up on any of those social media uh, outlets that i just mentioned before but have a good week and keep racing see ya drive safe drive fast